Welcome to The Rookie Physio, the podcast for physio students and early career physios who want to accelerate their journey to becoming a highly effective physiotherapist. I'm Nathan Mobbs, a physiotherapist and owner of Personal Best Physiotherapy in Wodonga, Victoria, and this podcast is a collaboration between me and Rachel Stevens. Together, we're going to unpack what life is really like after uni and help you transition to private practice with lots of practical tips, tools, and strategies. Hi everyone, welcome to the second episode of The Rookie Physio. I'm Nathan Mobbs, the owner of Personal Best Physiotherapy in Wodonga. And in today's episode, we are talking about how to get your patients to do their home exercise program. Why is this topic worth talking about? Compliance with a home exercise program is one of the biggest challenges in private practice and in physiotherapy in general. When our patients do their homework, then we know that that's closely correlated with them getting results and conversely when they don't and often there is a a correlation with poorer outcomes. So we need to try and get our patients to do their homework and basically if you get it right it's a difference between patients achieving their goals and returning to normal activities or, um, or not really getting any outcome at all. So in this podcast I will give you five practical proven strategies that increase compliance with a home exercise program. We'll go through them uh, one by one and try and give you some real world examples that can help you in your journey as a physiotherapist. So uh, the first thing to do to get your patients to do their home exercise program is to get your patient to know, like, and trust you. What does this mean? Well, people like to do business with people that they know, like, and trust. And when someone comes to see you, you want to try and create that same type of relationship. Your patients don't care about your qualifications. And even when they have a referral from their doctor, it's not because of your qualifications. It's that referral is an extension of the know, like, and trust value that um, the patient has with their doctor. So it's really important to try and increase the know, like, and trust value that your patient has with you. And there are a couple of ways you can do this. In the initial appointment, one of the things that you should aim to do is try and find a connection with your patient, so some degree of commonality. And if you can't find a, a, a commonality, then you need to at least find an icebreaker. So when so this starts with you looking at their uh, new patient registration or intake form and what you should do is when you pick up this form from uh, reception or the front desk have a look at a few things before you actually get your patient to come in um, to their consult. So things to look for. Look at their last name. Look at where they live. Look at who their doctor is. If they were referred by a family or friend, then look at who that is. And if you have a spot where they put down an interest, um, such as a hobby or a sport, 
and <clears throat> look at what they're trying to achieve uh, from or what they're expecting from their physiotherapy appointment. So when you look at that intake form carefully, often you can find a, um, a, some, some sort of commonality with uh, your new patient. So for example, if I was looking at an intake form and the person had written on there that uh, my father-in-law referred them to come and see me, then as the patient comes into the room, I could say something like, uh, hi Bob, it looks like my father-in-law convinced you to come and see me, so I must be doing okay as a son-in-law. So you can, you can, you can choose to use that as, a, as an icebreaker where you just keep it light, keep it honest. Um, there's lots of ways you can go about that. If you're talking about the patient's doctor, you could say, oh, I, I noticed that you see um, Dr. So-and-so from um, this clinic, and he's also my doctor. He's a great doctor, isn't he? And the patient will often agree with you. And um, you've got a, um, a, a commonality between you and your patient. So that's your first, that goes a long way. Now, I know it's got nothing to do with the home exercise program, but building that, um, building that rapport through some sort of common, um, common interest or common connection um, is really important. So try and do that early on in your, in your initial appointment. The second thing that you should do uh, in order to get your patients to do their home exercise program is find out what their ideal outcome is and why. So you need to know what your patient's expectation is about physiotherapy and what they want to achieve. So which question are you going to ask to get that information? And at this point, I'll just remind you that different questions give you different responses. So, um, We've tested a number of different questions over a couple of years and we've found that there's really sort of two, two really important questions you can ask towards the end of your history um, or, or the end of your interview which can help you find out what their ideal outcome is. <clears throat> so the first is, quite plainly, once you've collected some of the basic information about the history and you're getting towards the end of your history, you can simply ask, What's your ideal outcome from physiotherapy? And we've found that when we ask this, it actually gets the patient to think a little bit about what they actually want. And patients will often begin with something like, well, I just need to get rid of the pain, or um, I, I just want to get rid of the pain. And, but they'll often add a little bit extra. If, if they're not, if they say something like, well, I just want to get rid of the pain, then you need to probe lightly. And, and a great second question to ask is, um, why and, and why is it important to do that? And when you ask this question, which has a, has a why component, you, you will often get much more meaningful information from the patient. Because if someone says, well, I just need to get rid of the pain, and then we say, and why is it important to do that? Then they'll often say something like, well, because uh, I haven't had a good night's sleep in two weeks since my, since my lower back has been um, killing me. 
or it's really important that I get back to um, my fitness because if I don't I'll put on 10 kilos and uh, I really don't want that to happen or uh, they might have a really important functional role um, where they are caring for their grandkids and they need to get this shoulder fixed because they've got to care for their grandkids in a week of the school holidays and so um, it becomes a little bit more obvious to them about the importance of actually addressing the problem that they come to you with. So a second follow-up question. So, so the first question is, what's your ideal outcome from physiotherapy? And the second question is, um, why is it important to address this problem now? And it's really important for you as a physio to actually write down their response. The closest you can get to their words, the better. Put that on your on your new patient's um, initial assessment because then you can come back to it. You can come back to it in visit two or visit four or visit six and say, how close are we to achieving your ideal outcome of being able to sleep at night? Or, or, or um, whatever it is that they've given you. Okay, so the third thing you can do and you'll notice now that we haven't got anywhere near actually giving them their home exercise program. But the third thing that you want to do is you want to target a clearly identifiable problem. So what do I mean by this? When you're assessing your patient and it comes to the objective part of your assessment and you're looking at um, various aspects of musculoskeletal function, so you might be looking at range of, mo uh, range of movement or strength or coordination or motor control, or um, <clears throat> whatever it is, length, whatever it is, just because you can see or feel something doesn't mean your patient acknowledges it. And if they don't acknowledge it, then they don't know that it's a problem. So what you need to do is, is when you are going through your objective assessment, um, you need to make them, the patient, see, feel, or acknowledge the problem. So uh, let's go through a couple of examples uh, because this is really important. So if you have something subtle, let's say the knee is adducting a little bit through a squat and you can see that as their physio, um, they, it is more than likely that the patient has no idea that is happening and have no idea that that is actually important. So what do you do? You put a mirror in front of them and you ask them to do that functional activity again, let's say it's a squat, and you say, can you see? Can you see when you go into the squat that your left knee comes in towards the midline? And as you pointed out to them, I go, yes, I can see that. And you say, okay, so when your knee does that, um, that puts a little bit of extra strain on the knee. There's a strong relationship between the knee doing this and having a telofemoral pain or whatever it is that they have. And so you're you're pointing it out to them. So uh, what you're doing, or what you need to do, is you need to make it more apparent. Make the problem more apparent so the patient can see it, feel it, and acknowledge it. Another example might be, say, um, a shoulder pain patient, and they have two out of 10 pain, uh, they do abduction of the shoulder. You ask them if they have any pain, and they say, oh, look, I can just sort of feel it. Um, it's only like a one or a two out of 10. 
So make it more apparent by maybe adding load or adding resistance so that they can feel it more definitely. So now you might be thinking, well, I don't want to actually um, make the problem more apparent. But just remember, if, if the problem is very, if you're, what you're observing in their assessment is very subtle or minor, you're not going to make them a lot worse by making it more apparent. Um, obviously, if they have 8 out of 10 pain to bend forward in the lower back, you don't need to do that. It's quite obvious to them that they have a major problem in forward bending. So you don't necessarily need to um, you know, provoke them or um, uh, make, make their pain more apparent. But a lot of the time we do. We need to make it really clear to the patient so that they understand that that is a problem. So step four. Uh, oh, sorry, so, so step three. So what you're doing here is you're identifying, just to recap, you're identifying a very clear problem in your assessment that, the, that you are then going to target in your um, exercise prescription. So once we get to the exercise prescription, then what you want to do is you want to give your patient homework but make it SMART. So this is the SMART acronym which I'm sure most of you have heard in terms of goal setting. So that is make the, um, make the goal specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and use a time frame. So you need to use this sort of principle when you're giving your patient your homework. So if you just tell your patient to go and do X, Y, and Z, the likelihood of them doing that is very low. You need to give them written homework or send them an email or if you're using some sort of um, exercise, you know, exercise software, um, you need to, to personalise it. You need to actually give them very clear instructions. Your patient will not remember it just because you told them. I suggest that you give your patients a clear goal for the week or the fortnight and give them targets rather than ranges. Don't give the patient guidelines to do two to three sets of eight to 12 reps. When you give a range like that, what is your patient actually going to do? They'll be confused. They won't, is it two sets of eight or is it three sets of 12? You're much better off to just say it's three sets of eight and this is, this is exactly what I want you to do. If you're not sure, if you think you do have a range in your head but you're not quite sure where they should start, then just err on the side of caution. Start off with you know, three lots of eight. Tell them that that's exactly what they need to do to start with. But maybe over a few days, if they're feeling comfortable and they're never worse from the home exercise program, then they could gradually increase that by one rep per day or one rep per two days. And what would that look like? That would be moving from three by eight to three by nine. And then two days later, moving up to three by 10, two days later, moving up to three by 11 and then three by 12. You must write this out for them so that they know exactly what to do and exactly how to progress from a baseline. And if you're wanting them to make some sort of progress between now and the next visit. So give them a clear goal. Your goal for the week is to be able to do this exercise um, at three, at starting off at three by eight and moving up to three by 12. So when I see you next week, my expectation is that you'll be able to do three by 12 and you've had no problems to do that.
The other thing which I strongly suggest you do is that you give them a traffic light guide. And this is a really practical, useful tool that comes from the McKenzie uh, method of uh, mechanical diagnosis and treatment. And so what you do is you outline your homework and you've told them exactly where to start. Uh, you've practiced the exercise, how you want them to do it. And you've given them some important cues and um, whatever they might be. And then at the end, once you have, um, you're, you're, you're getting to the stage of telling them about um, uh, wrapping up the consult, give them a traffic light guide. So this is red light, orange light, green light. And what you can tell your patient is that if you do this exercise for a couple of days and you are worse, then you have come up to a red light. And what you must do is stop and go back. Go back to something that is a little bit easier or depending on um, the circumstances, you might say, just, just, just stop your exercise until I see you again. If on the other hand, they are doing their exercise program and they're finding that it's, it's getting easier and less painful over a few days, then you've got a green light and you can tell your patient in that situation, you can progress. You can continue your exercise and you might even be able to do a few more repetitions or pick up a third, a third session um, in the middle of the day if you've only been doing it twice a day. So green light means progress. It means a patient can move forward. And an orange light is where they start their exercise program, but over a period of time, let's say a week, they're really not sure if they are the same, better or worse. Um, often they'll say that they are um, no better. I like, like I don't really feel like I'm, I'm much better. I'm not really worse, but I'm, but I'm just not sure whether I'm on the right track. By telling your patient that they may get an orange light, it helps them to persist because with an orange light, we say, look, just persist. We'll pick it up next session and, and then we'll decide whether we need to change direction or not. If you don't tell your patient about that orange light situation where they really don't feel like much has changed, then there's a good chance that they will just drop off their home exercise program uh, of, of their own accord. But if you've laid it out for them, you said, look, these are the three things that can happen. Red light, orange light, green light. It makes sense to the patient. It's a fairly simple framework and it just gives them some really clear advice about what they can do um, in each of those three circumstances. So in summary, with your, with your exercise homework, you need to be um, make sure it's smart and um, give them a traffic light guide. So the final thing to do to help your patients uh, do their home exercise program is always tell them what's next. So when you paint the future for them, that creates accountability for what they need to do now. If you say your goal for the week is to be able to do this exercise at three lots of five, um, then next week when you come in, we're going to review your baseline tests. And if you've achieved uh, A, B or C, uh, then we're going to look at this other thing. And uh, we're going to move on and have a look at strength rather than just movement. Or we're going to look at making the exercise a little bit more challenging, which will help you to move towards your um, the goal or the outcome that you identified back at the beginning. Okay, so there's my five strategies to help you get your patient to do their home exercise program.
just to review what they are. Number one, get your patient to know, like, and trust you. Number two, find out what their ideal outcome is and why. Number three, always target a clearly identifiable problem, in, in brackets, make it more apparent. Number four, give them homework but make it smart. And number five, always tell them what's next. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Rookie Physio um, and uh, looking forward to seeing you on our next one. That's all for this episode. For any content related to this episode, please visit our website, personalbestphysio.com.au. Click on the Our Team tab and then go to Resources for Students. We love your questions. If you want to send one in, then just use the Contact Us page of our website and send us an email. If you like our podcast, please leave us a review either on our Facebook page or Instagram account at the Rookie Physio Podcast. Thanks for listening and catch you on the next episode.